Welcome to the Inglorious Blasters Podcast, a Star Wars Legion podcast talking anything and everything glorious or inglorious about the game. My name is Corey, and with me today is John and Brendan. How's it going, my definitely not Bantha Fodder friends? It's going good. Happy to be here. It is a delight to talk to you two gentlemen. It is a highlight <laughs> for me. The highlight of your week. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that we're not Bantha Fodder. So. Definitely not. <laughs> definitely not Bantha Fodder. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I enjoy your company. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Our cyber company. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, today on the podcast, we're going to do a quick recap of the showcase tournament that I went to. Then we're going to do some tournament prep uh, because Nova is right around the corner. And then we have fan mail. Woo! For the first time Hooray, in Inglorious Blasters history. Woo, woo, woo! Uh, instead <laughs> of our now. usual... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> instead of our usual Glorious versus Inglorious segment, uh, we're just going to try and help a fan work through their list uh they're having some issues fighting one of their locals so stick around should be a fun episode so uh went to the showcase tournament over in lank uh, not lancaster where is it swath swathmore 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 yeah. there it is uh it was a lot of fun this was run by legion uh legion 99 nick everyone knows him go subscribe over there uh he runs a great tournament he's got great terrain it was a very, very fun tournament, uh, nice and casual setting. There was actually a lot of new players there that we haven't seen before, which is super awesome. So a typical three-round tournament. And then the list I brought was Blizzard Force, uh, specifically Vader with four bikes, and then the uh, heavy response Stormtroopers with uh, you know, the usual grossness, um, the DLT, and then the RT whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun um turns out bikes with emergency transponders is really good uh to confirm that aim to confirm like hopefully five to six hits uh and actually throughout my day three times i got like double aim and i hit i just like slammed all six hits on the first roll anyway so i was like well i guess i didn't need both (laughs) but (laughs) it's better to confirm it right this list is pretty gross i've I've like played it a total of like four times now. It's really good at hitting your opponent in the face all at once because it from two different angles because you have the bikes swarming in on one side and then you have Vader plus uh, the troops swarming in on the other. Uh, it turns out if you can hit 24 dice from the bikes and then plus the 12 from the storms all in the same turn, that's pretty devastating. Uh, and then they eventually have to worry about Vader. Uh, yeah, it was really gross. Uh, by the way, I ran Commander Vader, and so I like you know you I got up in yeah, <laughs> he's so good. Uh, so I got burst so of good. speed up into everyone's grill, and then you know Master of Evil made everyone's day feel really bad. <laughs> and then I will say this: it was a nice casual tournament, so I taught people the unfortunateness of hemmed in payload as red, uh, because I got blue player every single time. So for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, payload is an objective where you ideally want to put your payload in the center, as does does your opponent. Hemmed in as red does not allow you to do that at all. Um, So you're already at a disadvantage for that objective. I don't want to say insta-turn zero loss, but like it's extremely uphill and like you're 90, 
I'm going to make up a statistic. Uh, 90%, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're like 90% uh, sure to lose it. So unfortunately, I taught two people that. Uh, but anyways, they all had a good time. Everyone was smiling. Uh, I taught a lot of people some of the more interesting rule interactions. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I ended up winning that one because I just, I MOV, I got a 1, <laughs> 1.0 MOV <laughs> because I played oh, payload three so times and then they didn't score any of the payload. <laughs> Bikes are really nasty, I've learned on payload because they just have the ability to go swamp the opponent's payload because you can put four scoring units on their payload and if they don't put five, then whew, they're just in for a bad time. Yeah. Uh, Blizzard Force, real good. That's that's my recap. <laughs> nice recap. Uh, unfortunately, missed out on that one. Sounds like it was a great time. Um, haven't played a, a tournament with uh, MOV, so that uh, is an interesting, different way to go about it. But, uh, you know, I believe Nova is going to be that, so... Yes, uh, Nova will be um, MOV, and that's actually a good uh, transition point because we're going to talk about tournament prep, specifically, maybe not specifically for Nova, but Nova's right around the horizon, and Nova is MOV. So it is probably very important to figure out, uh, is your tournament MOV or SOS? Because normally I play, I like to play lists that are better on SOS. So like um, my more gunline lists that like to win by being... Like, you know, range four, shooting a bunch, and winning on kill points. MOV, more favors, like, slaughtering your opponent. <laughs> uh, like, getting in there, getting as many victory points as you can. H- how do you guys feel? Have you guys played any MOV games? Again, I, I haven't had to, uh, but I like strength of schedule more because it's just, did I win or did I lose? Not, did I destroy the soul of my opponent? Uh, I agree. That's kind of how I felt. <laughs> Oh, man. It is pretty crazy how much the mindset shifts between the two. Because, like you guys said, with MOV, you are encouraged to, you know, if you have your your opponent right where you want them, to just continue to bombard them and soak in every victory point that you can. Whereas SOS, I mean, you can sit back, chill, know that you're going to win on kill points even if it's a tie, and you're not really incentivized to just completely blow your opponent off the table. And also, if somebody wants to um, concede, that almost hurts you in MOV because you want to keep playing it out to a situation where you can just keep soaking in victory points. So I think some of the arguments are it creates a little bit more of a negative play experience potentially for your uh, for your opponent. Yeah, I've always enjoyed the more laid back, friendly nature of playing Legion and. I feel like that disappears a little bit with MOV. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple of situations, uh, I'll reference the tournament again, where I wasn't within scoring range. And, you know, the game was kind of over and we both knew it. And I was like, do you want to stop? You know, he, you, and I, you and I should probably both stop here. Uh, what do you want the score to be? <laughs> and he's like, oh, you, you know. For the friendly tournament, he was like, oh, you could just take the full points. You slaughtered me. I'm like, uh, no, no, no. Don't give it to me. Like, what do you want to do? <laughs> There's a lot of awkward conversations with MOV, uh, and I experienced it three times. <laughs> so I, I agree with uh, both points um, from you guys. 
Uh, S SOS is a lot friendlier, and you could usually call the game, and uh, it's up to it's out of your hands. Your extra tiebreaker points, right? It's out of your hands, which I much much prefer. Yeah, if nothing else, I mean, I I know I heard it on another podcast. I can't remember which one. I've listened to so many this week, but you know, they just said. You know, with strength of schedule, you're then cheering for the guy that you've just beat to, to continue to do well. And I, I love that aspect of it. You, you want whoever you beat to continue to do well. Because then it helps you. Where Absolutely. MOV... I, <laughs> I found that same experience at Adepticon. All my opponents, you know, that I played, I was like, all right, how'd you do? Did you win? Please tell me you won. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, buddy, you won. Awesome. <laughs> It's a lot of camaraderie that way, so I I definitely prefer SOS. Uh, how about we get more into like nitty gritty of how to prepare for a tournament? Like what? How do you prepare lists? What are you looking to do, John or Brendan? You have any first thoughts of like pre- prepping for a tournament? Well, my thir- first thoughts for prepping for a tournament doesn't even go to to lists or anything. It's uh, well, I partially you have to decide what you're go- going to make. But then how are you going to get it there and transport it easily? Um, that, that's where my mind goes. And you've both seen the mad contraption I carry for my army. Um, you know, I just basically have a bunch of little plastic cases that all stack on top of each other. And before I decided I wanted to try and bring a heavy with me, it was okay. It was only four levels high. You know, one level had all the minis, one level had all my tokens and everything, one level had my cards, and then one level had any of the miniatures I needed for objectives. Uh, But then, you know, the last tournament I went to, I brought my lat. I had to get another two layers just to transport the lat. So now this thing is six layers tall. It's roughly (laughs) roughly a foot and a half tall at this point. But it's only six inches wide uh, one way and another, I don't know, eight, eight inches wide the other. So, you know, it works perfectly on the edge of a table and I just have to trans, you know, open each part. But it is annoying to carry just around because it's so long at this point. <laughs> it, yes. <laughs> if I add much more to it, it's going to touch the ground while I'm walking. <laughs> John, what about you? How do you transport your stuff? I uh, pretty much just have it in one of those, uh, what are they called? The battle phone? Is that what the actual, yeah, you have a... is that what the container itself is called though? Or the contents of it? Or is the whole thing considered <laughs> battle phone? <laughs> yes. John, you bought it and you don't even know, but yes. Uh, <laughs> battle phone is the company. Uh, it's just, they make like bags, uh, like usually durable bags, uh, and then they have a bunch of foam inserts that you can insert your armies into and they have special cutouts for all that stuff. Yep. I wasn't sure if the contents of the bag was called the battle foam and then the bag itself was something completely different. (laughs) But so yes, I have a battle foam bag solution. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Bag and foam. Great. And then I think you store your tokens in like a uh, Plano box, right? Like one of those tackle boxes. Yep. Yep, pretty much. And I just every time I get a new uh, box of minis, I just pop in the tokens into uh, the little containers, which somebody brought up at the local store the other 
week like oh my god what are you doing with all these tokens and i'm like oh just just keep adding to it but now i think i've pretty much hit the point where when i get a new box of minis i will save the order token and then basically pitch everything else um not the cards but just any of the tokens like i probably have like i don't know hundreds of dodges aims suppression more than i will ever need and 10 times over so i'm at the point where now i'm just like nope these are going in the trash she just yep. put them in a side bag to use as confetti. I actually have side <laughs> bags from like when I used to like start. To <laughs> okay, all right. Sprinkles! I just got a really dumb idea. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna gather every Legion player's extra tokens that they're not using, and whoever, let's say whoever wins the tournament, uh, you know how like they dump like water on like the oh, coach at the get, end of the get game. Showered we're dump, tokens. We're gonna get showered in tokens. <laughs> you just get. Pelted with thousands of uh, aim and dodge tokens. Oh man, I can see it now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh god, that would oh, be insane. Hilarious, especially if we put it in a big Gatorade container. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we'll put our logo on it. Oh, it's gonna be good. Uh, I think I need to go shopping really quick. <laughs> need to go find one. Uh, but, right, I'll try and reel it back in. Uh, I'll talk my. I'll talk about my. Uh, I guess I'll call it neurotic way of <laughs> bringing stuff to a tournament. So I'm like a player that likes to be as minimal as possible. So meaning I'll find like the smallest plano box or tackle box that can like hold just enough tokens that I need uh, to play the game that I you know to to play the list that I'm trying to play. And usually what I found is the dollar store or like the dollar tree has like these small auto like automotive in the automotive section i believe it's in um these small plano boxes and like they're perfect Uh, i love using them i bought like a ton of them because they're only a dollar and one of those is usually enough for me and then in order to store you know store and transport my minis i magnetize all my miniatures so on the bottom of the bases i have little small uh six by two millimeter like i think they're called like fridge maggots, fr- fridge magnets, or whatever they're called, and those work out really well. Uh, I used to do the foam thing; I uh, didn't really like it. It was a little bit bulky, and then I also magnetize. So yeah, I really like the magnetized solution. And then where I struggled a little bit was is like how do I transport my magnetized minis? I had like this big battle foam bag that had like pull out trays that were magnetized, but that was that was too big. Uh, so I just bought a literal baking tray with a handle on it and it's the best thing i've ever bought um every other tournament solution for myself uh, didn't really work so yeah just a baking pan with a with a lid and it has a handle it's pretty sweet uh the only trouble i get into is when i bring my aat that i usually have a battle foam cut out specifically for that because there's no good way to transport that either. Any big vehicle, a little difficult. Um, I'll just say good luck. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, John, what about what's another thing that you might end up doing for tournament prep? Uh, typically, I like to play the list that I intend on taking with me, or at least we'll say 90% of what the intended list is going to look like the other 10 percent being i might shift an upgrade around here and there but there's no real major changes to the archetype um and i try to get i mean five games is 
well, 10 would probably be ideal realistically. Five is more realistic on the higher end of the spectrum of, of actually what would be feasible, but a minimum of three games, I would say, which is probably why I ended up playing Padme Wookie so for so many tournaments because I just never had enough time to play test something else where I felt comfortable going into a tournament with like a completely different faction or list within the Republic, which is what I play primarily. Um, and especially if it's like a bigger tournament like PAX or ACO, you definitely want to play something that, you know, you know how it functions. And I always like to think like, will I be able to play this list if there's a round three or four game that's going to take place? Like how autopilot can I pilot the list? Um, because when it gets to game three, you don't want to have to be uh, using like 120% brain power. Like a lot of it needs to be muscle memory from games that I feel like you've practiced with the list or used in other tournaments because that's when you really start to feel it from like standing all day, hunched over the tournament. You might be dehydrated at that point, hungry, sleep deprived, your eyes are twitching. Um, <laughs> so, so if you can have some reps in with, with your list, I feel like that's how uh, you know you can really go the distance in a uh in a three or four round event especially if it's multi-day because then you also have to take into account that you're gonna need a good night's sleep and then get into the second day rested and ready to go um so i think reps is probably the biggest thing for me with any lists that i'd be taking to an event nice yeah i agree uh usually i think right around five games is where i got a good handle on the list and i don't need to reference the cards i think that's a good um, that's a good point to like know, hey, I'm ready to go into a tournament, at least for me, where I go, okay, I'm gonna, you know, uh, this stormtrooper moves too. Uh, the heavy response team, you know, has unhindered, so I can go over this barricade just fine. And I remember these things. I don't have to like reference the cards because when you're referencing, it, it eats up like five to 10 seconds. And you know, those are like valuable seconds in a game. So that's what I found. If I know the cards and I don't need to reference it, good to go. And you find that I feel like when you play other people that clearly play tested their list a good bit, there's never, maybe once, but most of the time in any event, it's always going all six rounds because you're both just back and forth, back and forth, back. There's not a chronic stoppage to reference something, or I mean, it's it still happens periodically, but with um, you know newer players. Like in, in rounds one or two, you'll sometimes find like, oh, I haven't played this list a whole lot, which is fine, you know, especially if it's like a casual event. But it's a, like almost like a chronic reference to like, oh, wait, what does this do? What does this do? And that significantly slows down gameplay. So if you're planning to go six rounds, which is how the game is intended to be played, any way that you can expedite that by kind of knowing what your list does and at least having somewhat of an idea of what your opponent's list does that kind of ensures that you have, you know, a full game experience because two and a half hours is actually pretty tight. Like when we play games during the week and we're like chatting, using the restroom, grabbing a soda, like the game could be <laughs> three and a half, four hours. So to pack it into <laughs> two and a half hours with that extra 15 minute dice down, so really two hours and 45 minutes, like you got to be moving to uh, to get in all six rounds. Yep. Yep, agreed. I don't want to, you know. <laughs> I will say this: I don't want to like 
put anyone off by saying like, hey, you have to know your stuff. No, dude, you should definitely come to the tournaments. Everyone's going to be nice and everyone's going to be friendly because the Legion community I found is pretty awesome. Um, yeah, you know, I rarely like, practice like, a list before a tournament. So yeah, See, there you go. We have <laughs> monsters like Brendan. Top eight. <laughs> That's probably why I've never made top eight. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I tend to play like 50% units uh, with upgrades I'm familiar with. And then the other 50%, I go, eh, this could be fun. So, because most of the time I get to play is at tournaments. So, you know, it gives me a chance to try stuff. Do I like it? Do I not? But I'm getting my games in. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah, and just to echo what Corey, it, by no means am I saying, like, if you have to reference your card, like, the other opponent is going to be annoyed. I'm just merely saying, if you, if you play a couple games with your list, it is in an ideal situation, you know what, at least what your stuff does, so it cuts down right. on the amount of reference. Right, exactly. Uh, let's see, one thing I'll, one thing I will bring up is uh, personal care. Meaning, uh, please drink, please drink enough water. I'm not even talking about, I'm not talking about BO. Like, please just, that's, you you should know that. (laughs) Personal care meaning like you need to drink enough water. I have a water bottle that is like 64 ounces and it has like, uh, time reminders. I think it's, I think if you search it on Amazon, it's called like motivational water bottle or something like that. It looks ridiculous. So for example, on it, it says at 7 a.m., good morning. <laughs> um, it says at 3 p.m., you're feeling awesome, right? Like these are like little tick marks that you're supposed to get to throughout the day. And I find that, you know, I'm I'm not the smartest when uh, drinking water. And I probably need a reminder, especially during a uh, tournament day, uh, where I'm like just generally focused on like the game. Uh, and that's where I want to put my brain power. Uh, I, I have a very quick and easy reference point of like, Hey, did I drink enough water? <laughs> so like, you know, it's like three o'clock and I'm like, uh, and I'm at like the 11 AM, you know, tick mark. I'm like, Oh, probably should drink water. So a little neurotic, but that helps me a lot. Uh, I also like to bring snacks like cliff bars. Um, they fill you up pretty, pretty nice. Uh, those are, those are probably my personal care ones. And then please have a comfy pair of shoes that helps a lot. And then take a sit break whenever you can. I found that in my first two tournaments, I didn't really sit and like, I felt awful. (laughs) And I was like, what's going on? Uh, But like during your opponent's turn, like take a sit. It's like a a free minute or two minutes of sitting. And I found that like, it helps me a lot and helps me get further uh, into the tournament with, with uh, being less exhausted. Personal care, watch out for yourself. Yeah. I mean, you're basically going to be standing for anywhere between 10 and 12 hours if you never take a sit break and you're going to be standing hunched over a table uh, (laughs) measuring things moving your guys around so like my back hurts talking yeah i was gonna say advil (laughs) huge i would bring bring a couple oh that's the other one so if you get a headache backache leg pain whatever (laughs) whatever it is you have some way to combat that yeah. Uh, let's see. Any any other tips that we can offer the folks one, at home? One last tip is make sure you have a general idea of command cards that you might see from opponents. You know, just 
you don't have to know the the full intricacies of it but if you see such and such character across the table know that their cards could be an option and have a general idea of what they are right exactly if i see han across the table and you know we're in a situation where i want to go first and han wants to go first i know i'm not going to win that because he's got that zero pip so general information like that you don't need to know what the card does just know han's gonna go first i agree it's a good one sorry about the mess Sorry about the mess. That's the name of the card. Thank you. I totally forgot. <laughs> See, general information. Han's got a zero pip. You don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> Do I even play this game? Anything else, John? Or did we hit all the highlights? I think you hit everything. I mean, I was going to say about being hydrated and having some like cliff bars. I think that's that's huge. The water, especially. Definitely water. Please drink water. Yep. Please drink water. <laughs> lots of water. Lots and lots of water. Cool. Uh, with that, how about let's go over to a fan mail section. Woo woo. Brendan, how yeah. about I hand it over to you? Yeah. So we we got our first uh, email question. Uh, very exciting from uh, Tyler. Uh, and first of all, he he found our podcast and he's binged through them. Uh, he's enjoying it, but he wants our help. Uh, what's the best way to counter a list? A local has been running this list for a while and is on a tear. So how do we think we would handle this list? So the list in question is 795 points, 10 activations, general veers with aggressive tactics, strict orders, and electrobinoculars, two stormtroopers with T-21s, medical droids, targeting scopes, and concussion grenades, Four stormtroopers with T-21s, specialists, targeting scopes, and concussion grenades. And three E-webs with comms jammers. The command cards are maximum firepower, ambush, push, pinned down, imperial discipline, coordinated fire. And the battle deck is battle lines, long march, major offensive, advanced positions, key positions, payload, breakthrough, sabotage. Clear conditions, minefield, fortified positions, and rapid reinforcements. Uh, according to Tyler, this list in his local area is defeating regularly Rebel Op Loop DLT, Rebel Airspeeder, Republic Wookiees, CIS Mall B2s, CIS AATB1s, Shadow Collective Pike Spam, Empire ATST, and Empire Iden ISF. Uh, apparently, this player tends to play as a castle with an e-web in the middle and anchoring on each end uh taking a, a lot of range three shots because that's his whole list um if he can't take the shots he he moves and uh shoots or does a double move hands out lots of aims because he's got veers with electro binoculars uh and take and not to mention all the specialists to give aims to the stormtroopers uh, and everything either surges to crit or has critical two. So a lot, a lot of crits happening. Um, and all the stormtroopers have targeting scopes with T21s. So they are not only crit two, but they are precise two. So they are re-rolling a lot of dice. It's <laughs> um, an so interesting it's, list. It's a very interesting list. Um, some things we don't know... Uh, just to preface our conversation, uh, we don't know if these are some heavy cover tables or if they're pretty open looking like Naboo, uh, 
you know, the Naboo planes or the Gungans fought the, the droids. No idea. Um, so with that in mind, uh, this list only has a five-point bid. So my first recommendation would take a six-point bid and have that person play your deck. Um, that might be all you really need play something where they have to come to you and maybe play something with a little bit more range i uh, already mentioned that the the loot dlt isn't doing as well um you know a lot a lot of a couple range four lists aren't doing so hot against this but none of the lists we were provided mentioned having snipers um long range pierce i could see being a real big issue for this although there are some medical droids so some stormtroopers are going to come back um, in this list but I think uh, long range pierce is, is a good counter to this the other thing I think would be a huge counter to this is some kind of melee list um, none of these units want to deal with anything in melee uh, the only melee list I saw listed here was Republic Wookiee uh, again maybe those Wookiees aren't getting there uh, safely uh, so that's part of the problem uh, maybe the Republic Wookiee player needs to do the unheard of Wookiees in Lats uh, to get them in there. Um, but, you know, I, I think any list that has a, a close transport that can bring in melee threats will do well. You just prioritize getting the, the transport there. It's probably going to blow up because there's a lot of crits being shot at it. But if it serves the purpose of getting something there, the Stormtroopers, E-Webs, and Beers cannot handle that kind of up-close damage. Yeah, I would agree. I think you just need to be at a nice uh, range 4 or range 5 with snipers if you have those. So what I mean by be at range 4 is let's take the Rebel OP Luke DLT list that he uh, he's saying he's having some struggles with it. So your Rebel DLTs... They should be ideally at exactly range four of the enemy stormtrooper unit leader. So when the stormtrooper unit wants to take a move and shoot, he can't. Because if you're if you're exactly at range four, he can't move and shoot you at range three. So I think that's a good strategy point of view, at least from that list, right? If you have if you outrange them, try and poke them first from range you getting those crits in with the DLT. And then whittling them down. You can whittle down the E-Webs as well. Uh, E-Webs can't move and shoot, but it's the same It's the same idea. They're going to die if you shoot them a bunch of times. They also have the least amount of health of all the things in this list. So they they would be my priority target to whittle down activations. Yeah, I, I think I'm actually surprised because I think the first thing we said when we read through the mail was Luke DLT seems like a very solid counter to that list. Because it has really both the things you need. The Jedi with the melee threat there combined with the range 4 gun line. Like if you did a Op Luke, Rebel Officer, three snipers, four Captain DLTs. I mean you have everything you need there. Seven units with the 4 plus range. And then you sit, like Corey was saying, right at range 4. So they can't move shoot you because they'd be .2 inches short. Because each range band is 6 inches and a speed 2 move is 5.8 inches. So if you are literally exactly at 4, they move up. They're still 0.2 inches short if you measured correctly and left your gun line right at range 4. So you sit and you pick them off, pick them off, pick them off. 
slowly moving Luke up, and then you get to a point where if they really want to threaten you with that range three bubble, they're going to have to walk right into Luke, which they're going to have zero answers for. And then from that point, it's pretty much game over, honestly. Like if you can get, if you can dive with Luke all the while you picked off one or two activations as they're moving into your threat range um, with the snipers and DLTs, it seems like a perfect recipe. It makes me think, like we had said initially, that the terrain is the issue why you can't do that. Like there's not enough train to safely move up the jedi because if it's a it's a super open board and you're trying to have luke run across the battlefield then you know he's obviously going to get gunned down but if he can safely double move from line of sight blocker to line of sight blocker like you typically would in a in a in a fairly decent table he should be able to kind of safely get there to at least make his dive um and then from that point i think you pretty much have your opponent where you want him Agreed. A lot of this list is interesting too. The concussion gren- the what is it? The concussion grenades and the comms jammer. Uh, those are interesting upgrades. The e webs are not gonna get up in your face. Uh, I th- you know what? Hold on. The, the maybe E-webs maybe that's the comms jammers are to prevent melee. Yes, I just I just like realized a that. Yeah, or something. I just put two and two together. Yeah, you know what? Like, there's more to this list than I thought. Uh, the concussion grenades, I think, is still an interesting take. What do um, those do? I don't even. <laughs> I know. I had to look it up myself. I'm, I was. I'm trying to scroll uh, through tabletop admiral because I'm like, I don't even know what that is. It is blast. a grenade upgrade that gives blast and oh, it gives a black okay. die. So a black die on uh, stormtroopers that surges to crit or surges to hit is pretty good. Yeah, I. It's weird because if someone's charging you, you're already in cover. So they are the ones that kind of need the blast to negate your cover. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're a gun line, you're behind like barricades and such. They're kind of be the ones kind of running out. I don't know. It seems, I don't know. It seems a little weird. Like if it was me, I'd drop those grenades to get a higher bid so that you could ensure that, you know, instead of being 795, what are they? Three, three points. Like most grenades? Yeah. They are three points each, yes. And do two units have them? All six the stormtroopers have them. Real? Oh, okay, so, so, that's, so 18 that's 18 points. points. Yeah. It's, I would uh, at least drop two or three the of them. Like if you really were sold on them and you, that's like your thing, great. But maybe, maybe you drop two or three of them and get like a 10 plus point bid. So then... You know, you're always we blue. are trying to beat this list. Right, yeah, right. Not, yes. not, no, disregard I, I was just talking that, about but... the. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I was just great. mentioning that because that they're was interesting, great. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, the the comms jammer tech on the e web is actually more interesting than I thought. So. so the comms jammer tech, perfect workaround is like with dobacks, put hacked comms unit on them because comms jammers only prevent units from being issued orders unless they're issuing it to themselves. So that way, once the dobacks are in there, if anything within range one of the dobacks is getting an order, the dobacks are getting orders even with a comms jammer. <laughs> I dig it. I like it. Ultimately, you know, you know what this, you know what his list is good at, which is just at range three shooting. I think if you take a bid, like we've been saying, uh, play play objectives that make them move. So we're talking like. Uh, pay- I know that he has payload in his deck, but he's got payload and breakthrough in his list, which is very interesting because, like, I feel like this I, I is can... a way slower list. 
It's a way slower list, but all the stormtroopers and veers can move with the payload, and you can leave all three e-webs behind to just mow down the other payload units. I, I, I see I see what he's trying to do with this list. Uh, and having rapid reinforcements, he can then place his e-webs wherever. Uh, yep. There, there's, there's a lot that's being done here, but, but I don't know. It, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm running some numbers right now on like a Pike spam list because I was kind of interested to see like how many wounds you pump through on average with the specialist T twenty one squad. And even if they have three With aims, targeting scopes. Yeah, so I did precise two, <laughs> three aims, you tap the specialist, you take a name, and then you get a name from Binox to have three aims, you're going to get seven hits. And if you're shooting a pike squad in heavy cover with the two dodges that, you know, one potentially from Vigilance from the previous round or aid in addition to their, um, the one they get for independent, plus if they have one... Um, suppression token on average you're going to do seven hits and then you know four are going to go away you're going to end up with 1.8 wounds so it doesn't seem as devastating if you castle with pikes and you're all dodged up because then you're in the threat range and if you got pike spam with maul you're in the same situation as the uh as the luke list where it's like all right i'm going to sit here and pick at you at range four but as soon as you come up Mulls in your lines, so I'm actually yeah, surprised. The, D- the DLTs do it a little better. Yeah, yeah, critical for sure. But that's another one where I'm looking through the list now here of other lists that that's chewed through, um, and I'm surprised that that's also one of them. The rest of them I can kind of see, like the air speeders. There's so much critical, and they don't have you know a terrible, terribly large amount of wounds. So I could see those, you know. They're forced to fly in there to get that shot, and then all of a sudden they just get peppered down. Um, but some of those range four gun lines with a force user, I think that's like that's the list you want to run against it. Yeah, again, that or that or a melee skew. I think one of the things that's throwing me off, besides how crit heavy this list is, is there's still two medical droids in there to to bring back units. You know. Uh, yeah, I was looking at that too. There's four stormtroopers that can come back, or four wounds on a, on a heavy or on veers. I mean, it's and the aggressive rarely uh, see medical droids anymore. Yeah, and <laughs> the aggressive tactics that's there to basically give mm-hmm. your guys surge on the defense. on the defense because they all natively have surge hit on offense. So yeah. those surge tokens are to uh, make your guys a little bit more hardy. Um, yeah, this, you know, I know, I know, list... we're supposed to be helping our uh, our fan mail fan mail <laughs> listener, but uh, if they remove the concussion grenades, I think you can just get another medical droid and just have three. <laughs> it you, seems you take really away nutty. a specialist with that, but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Seems good. <laughs> it, it is. It's it is a good list. I just I'm curious how it's regularly beating all these other ones and the only thing that i keep coming back to is what's the table look like you know? i think yeah i think that's going to be their uh number one thing that we're going to keep asking is what does the terrain look like is there line of sight blockers or is it just an open shooting gallery because i've definitely seen tables where this list would murder everything you know uh, I, I played on one table one time where basically the entire table was just palm trees so uh it it, it was rough 
It's okay. That that game was really fun because it was my Vader dues versus another guy's Vader dues and a lat. So I just ignored the lat and murdered everything. Um, <laughs> that that was fun. But you know, you put this on like uh, one of Nick's tables at Showcase, and I don't see it doing well because his tables are so dense by comparison. Yep. I mean that's kind of my thought is like if you just roll up to your store and you roll out like a six by three mat and you guys just each set up opposite of each other and it's like all right like come at me bro um then the force user argument goes out the window because it's he's not going to just like all right here i come double move out to the center of the table oh look at that 60 plus dice well i guess he's dead (laughs) but again just like one of the first points i made the for the list of lists that it's beating none of them have transports so i i think that is something worth trying against this list uh because your transport's going to blow up but you're going to get units in there to to murder those stormtroopers and e-webs and beers especially yeah. if you have lightsabers when you put a black sun in a any any transport right that's pretty devastating i would try that you'll probably end up murdering them <laughs> Yeah, put bring two a black sun in uh in one bus and in another bus put Maul. Bring Maul. You know, Maul just gets delivered right in the middle of him. He's going to murder everything. Yeah, or you could throw him in the Empire as well. Uh, you could do it with Vader in the lat. Vader in the lat. Uh, as I said, the highly unlikely Republic lat. It does exist. Believe it or not, there is a lat in Republic. Uh, I mean, you could deliver Obi Wan and Anakin in lats. I, you know, it could. I don't think it'd be great, but it would probably the, murder it, this list. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, just get him in there, right? So, so let's let's talk about really quick. What's the most effective way once a Jedi or melee user is like dug in? Let's let's talk about Jedi. So when you get in there, you want to ideally get into a unit that's already activated. Um, and or if, if not, you if you, you could standby exactly that's what I'm getting at you move your first action move and then you take a standby because if they withdraw you just follow them uh, and then if you have charge or relentless maybe you take a swing right you just don't want to be out in the open to take shots uh, with that standby you just have to pay attention on when your attack opportunity is like hey if I swing my lightsaber now and kill all these stormtroopers. Am I going to be exposed? Am I okay with that? You got to like, these are the questions that you need to ask um, when you're taking that standby. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, I I bring a lightsaber with me. uh, And when I see somebody without a lightsaber, I I get a little giddy because I know there's nothing they can do once my lightsaber is in their myths because they, they don't have force push to get rid of my standby. So Vader is always safe once he's in there. I just have full control over what I want to be fighting when I want to be fighting. <laughs> Accurate. Uh, force push is really good. <laughs> it is not enjoyable to be on the opposite end of it. Because, yes, once once the yeah. Force user dives in there, um, and this has now happened to me, like top eight game at ACO, Brendan beat me at PAX last year in game four. Beat you a critical hit. Might yeah, I mean, they, once they're in there, if you don't have a counter to it, which is why, like, when this this range three gun line list, as soon as you get the force user in their lines, and then you just do a standby, and you're just like, well, if you pull away, I'm gonna just 
be right back on top of you or charging the uh, the ideal situation is charging the activated unit so then they can't withdraw right. then you literally just have your way with them for the remainder of the game so and I mean the threat range like Maul for example if he's got all three activations he could double move that's 12 inches add on a force push that's another 4 inches to 16 inches so just shy of range 3 or if he has burst to speed, 8 inches and 8 inches, so that's 16 inches. Um, force push another 4 inches. So you could be outside of range 3, then move 20 inches, which is 2 inches past range 3, and be safely embedded, and they'd have no chance to react to it whatsoever. Yeah, burst to speed is a great way to get in there. Yep. Cool. I think we hit all the highlights. Uh, anything else you want to like maybe tack on before we close this bad uh, bad boy out? I'm going to throw in one thing just because I'm going to make people put respect on this card. Fear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it is three points. Yes, you could have burst of speed instead, but do not mess with demoralize one. You're giving out a free suppression. So if you do have to, if somebody forgets you have that and they take a standby on a unit within range two of that unit, Bye-bye standby. They automatically got a suppression. <laughs> yeah, there have been a couple other podcasts, you know, that who shall not be named. But Evan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, just hating on fear. Uh, it's not bad. It's not bad on Commander Vader because that, that yeah. third four slot uh, is kind of flexible. It's a pretty good one. And I haven't gotten the, the chance to, to try it out on... You know, somebody who brings Padme all the time, John. Um, but, you know, what what else does Padme do other than give out standbys? If Padme's it's, just a little too close, goodbye, standby. Standby, quick think. Love it. It's great. Great combo. And, I mean, I think more people may eventually realize it is a decent card if they feel like they've got the points for it. Now that, you know, the swoops are out. And people are probably doing, you know, the, the demoralized swoops with buses. People are going to start realizing that, wait a minute, I can give out suppression just by being here? <laughs> just by existing? That's crazy. <laughs> now, my one complaint with fear is it's only demoralized one. It's got an imposing image of Vader on the card. It should be more than that. Yeah, we should buff it. Demoralized at least three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's isn't that what all the swoops are getting with the the raiding party leader demoralize three or something, or is it only two? I, I can't. Uh, I don't. I think it's two. <laughs> we can quickly. Right, look I have it to up. look this up now. Oh, it's all demoralize one. Okay, demoralize one. Eh, all right, <laughs> but but still. So, so you're telling me a raiding party and all of the the vehicles are just as scary as a Sith Lord? Excuse me. No. I mean, even the the Wookiees have a command card that gives them all demoralized two. It's yeah, it's demoralized one, but you Is give it also yeah, but you give, give it, it to three Wookiees. Therefore, fear should be demoralized two because Sith are scarier. <laughs> you heard it here first. Buff fear. <laughs> buff fear. It's already good, but buff it, and people will actually take it. <laughs> so, uh, going back to Nova, I am bringing fear. Uh, because I'm going to put respect on it. Well, well a little more context. It's uh, it's Vader Lat, so. 
<gasps> Sorry, that's spoiler. People are going to know how to prepare. No, it, oh, it is no. it is Vader Lat, but I have made some changes from the list I, I played a critical hit. So okay, excellent. It did some work over there, critical. So it did, and the and excellent. the scariest list was you know John's. So I I, I feel like uh, the changes I've made will help with anything other than a Wookiee spam. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, in summary, for the fan mail, we can chalk it up to things that need to be uh, addressed and/or added to counter that list. Would be range four weapons, a Jedi transports, melee threats, and ideally being blue player, causing it to need to move and use your objective. Deck. Less less ideal objectives and less ideal objectives. Yes. Yep. Yes. Tyler, thanks for being a listener. We appreciate the email. <laughs> yeah, if you have uh, a question or just want to send us some fan mail, uh, please do so at swlingloriousblasters at gmail.com. If you think one of our judgments is wrong, tell us. We want to know. Want to give us some smack talk? There you go. That's your avenue. Subscribe to our YouTube page, Inglorious Blasters. Subscribe slash follow on your preferred podcasting app. Consider giving us a rating and maybe leave a review. It would really help us out. Uh, we're on Instagram as well, at SWL Inglorious Blasters. We're also on Facebook, the Inglorious Blasters of Star Wars Legion podcast. Um, and we have our Discord. Uh, if you would like to access our Discord, we do have a link on our Facebook as well as our Podbean homepage. Or if those aren't working just message us you can either send us an email message us on one of those or you can also find us on the main legion discord uh we've changed our names to whatever our name is and then after that inglorious blasters so you should be able to find us there and you can then message us Alrighty, everyone stay glorious i'm Corey. i'm john i'm brendan i carry too much around with me.